don't know about you, Travis, but I'm feeling 22. Collide, a podcast about all things geeky and possibly dorky. He is Travis. Hey. And I'm Justin. Together, we're just a couple of nerds. Well, you're a nerd. I'm an idiot. So what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we uh <laughs> we sat here and talked for what about 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah, it was like 10. It was post 10 minutes, at least. Yeah, and uh, I realized that I was, in fact, not recording. (laughs) Yeah, I was in the middle of a a long dialogue about Degrassi, (laughs) and Travis' (laughs) head sunk into his hands. (laughs) He he just said, I haven't been recording this whole time. It's a rookie mistake, man. (laughs) Hey, we're in our first year, so... Yeah, you're right. I think it's impressive that we haven't made that mistake yet. Yeah, it is weird that that's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Well, you know, we are the uh, we are podcast of the year, so we're the fourth best podcast of the year, according to some people. <laughs> <laughs> no one can ever say you're biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put us at fourth. <laughs> And to be fair, I only listen to like six podcasts, so I thought you were getting ready to say you only listen to like six of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah, that were shit was trash. <laughs> so we were talking about Degrassi. I forgot how we got on the subject of Degrassi. Um, we started talking about Drake, and then I was I made a joke about Oh yeah. Uh, I I made a joke that I didn't know who Drake was. I knew who Jimmy was though. <laughs> So you heard (laughs) Jimmy can't get the boner That's what I heard So maybe after we uh, We get the Air Bud podcast done (laughs) We can uh, We can do an episode for uh, Well no how would it be Every episode we can review an episode of Degrassi Man there is already like a few podcasts about that There's one by uh, There's a podcast about everything yeah there's this guy uh, mike park who runs asian man records who really loves the 80s degrassi and uh he runs a podcast where he talks about degrassi and like interviews some of the stars as well and he's had some of the next generation people on there too um apparently that guy the, the the actor who played Toby in the Next Generation is really into uh, ska punk and has uh, liked a few of a few bands that my uh, friends have been in. So maybe one day Toby from DeGrassi will like my band, and I'll be like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I would ask him about DeGrassi." 
I, I'm honestly like <laughs> not interested in in anything about <laughs> next generation Degrassi, like behind the scenes anyway. I would just ask him about uh storylines and like in a manner of which <laughs> like that they actually took place, not like asking about fictional storylines, just being like, Hey, remember that time you uh <laughs> remember that time you had JT spend a night and he had a wet dream in your bunk bed? And he'd be like that, I mean that was that was the storyline, yeah. I'd be like <laughs> Yeah, sure, storyline. <laughs> I think I would probably ask, do you feel like you were robbed of a normal childhood having to portray like this fictional version of a childhood on screen, which is, you know, filled with like like we were saying <laughs> before we realized we wasn't recording, like everything that can go wrong did go wrong at Degrassi. Yeah, the city of Toronto is filled with citizens who just have every problem imaginable. Yeah, Toronto is Gotham. <laughs> and there's no Batman. <laughs> Tell you what, you can't get boners in Toronto. <laughs> it's illegal. Um, Are they still making anyway, Degrassi? I have no idea. I think so. Let's look that up. I think it might be like a Netflix exclusive. Or maybe, I don't know. Some streaming service has it. Probably some dumb like... Uh, uh, it's on HBO Max. Oh. Yeah, so they ordered a new series. So, well, HBO Max has a pretty good track record with their with their series. It was going to be on Netflix. It's probably going to be bad. <laughs> I feel like feel like for every good series Netflix comes out with, there's there's about ten stinkers. <laughs> Although I have been watching uh, Wednesday, and that has been delightful. That's one that I'm kind of nervous to watch, honestly. For some reason, I think it's just because of the hype around it. Yeah, I it's a, I, I just keep seeing the videos where uh, the actress Jenny Ortega is doing that dance. Oh. Uh, yeah, that that's a very small part though. It's like that's a very small part like midway through the season, but uh, I would say for the most part it's good. Um it does fall victim to a lot of the tropes that like these like high school teenage shows like Riverdale and Sabrina do. Like they got the same sort of things like the girl has has two love interests, and she's trying to you know decide which one. Even though that's, well, yeah, that's kind of a thing here. Um, I think Wednesday, the show Wednesday, not the character Wednesday, it gets a little too cute sometimes. And oh, okay. And it does it a few times where. An episode will end with like a conflict, and then the next episode begins, and then it's kind of like that conflict is resolved pretty quickly, and then we just move uh, on. It, it so it's yeah. kind of like a fake cliffhanger. It's it's just fake cliffhanger after. Kinda, sorta, yeah. But it's good though. I f- I fell asleep uh, watching the f- the finale last night. I didn't fall asleep because it was bad. I fell asleep because it was five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You're like, daddy tired. 
Yeah. <laughs> see, see you later. See you later Wednesday. Bye <laughs> <laughs> bye. But uh, yeah. yeah, maybe I'll give that a shot. Yeah, I like think... I said, just the hype around has deterred me a little bit. But sure, that that's sort of how I've been with Stranger Things. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I love Stranger Things, but even I I didn't watch it from the beginning. I just I watched it a little bit after because there was that initial hype when it released of like, oh, this is the best show ever. And that I don't know. That stuff turns me off. I don't know if it's just like my history of being into like punk rock and underground music, but I'm always kind of suspicious (laughs) of popular stuff, I guess. Um, I got a little cough. Get out of there. Yeah, I think I think if it's overhyped is because Netflix does put out so many <laughs> stinkers as of late that when they do put out something quality, it, it it just, you know, it's like wildfire. Right. Well, we are not talking about TV. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Oh yeah, I did want to bring up a couple of things. Um what was I gonna bring up? Oh, my girlfriend played through Gone Home based on your suggestion nice. on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I watched her play it. It was cool. Um, I asked her what her thoughts were because uh, I wanted them typed out so I could talk about it. Yeah, she said she liked it. The story was good. And she liked that it presented itself as like a horror game, but really it was just kind of, you know, uh, a walk. <laughs> like, I think you said a walking simulator, um, yeah. but with like a little cute love story. She did complain that it was too short, so she's glad that she bought it on sale. Yeah. Um I thought it was cool. It had uh I liked all the uh the references to uh well not references, but all the music like from the uh the fake band that was that was in there. I assume they're a fake band. Mm-hmm. If they're a real band, that'd be sweet. But uh Yeah, it was cool. It was cool learning about the uh character through notes and stuff like that. Yeah, man, that game is good. I got to get back into it. I've been uh I've been sucked into a few other games at the moment, but um that's definitely one I want to get back to. You got to play the game. Yeah, I've I've decided that that's a goal of mine this year is I'm just going to you know, I'm not going to focus so much on reading. If I happen to read, that's good, but I think for the most part I just want to play more video games this year. That, yeah, like I said in the last episode, I think I want to read a book this year. I have a list of specific video games that I want to beat, um, and I'm currently playing one right now, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, which I'm, you know, 20 years late on, but I'm at the end right now. It's exciting. That's all right, because I'm playing Zelda Ocarina of Time, and I'm, what, 21 years late? <laughs> uh, it came out in 98, so... You're almost 25 years too, 25 years late. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure what year it came out, so I just threw a number out there. (laughs) Yeah, you're fine. It's all good. And you said you're uh, enjoying it so far, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've... Yeah, where are you at again in it? I've only played up until you reach the castle. Um, I'm going to get back into it today. Only reason I stopped is because I had to play the... uh, the game we're going to be talking about today, 
the, the, oh, main, yeah, true. The, the main focus for today's episode. But I'm excited to get back into it. Yeah, I've it, it took a little bit to get the controls kind of, you know, get familiar, right. get familiar with them, especially because, you know, the game doesn't seem that well suited to play on the Switch. Yeah, it's the button mapping is weird. I wish there was a way to, I don't know, maybe there is and I just don't know, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's a way to map the buttons. Like I can't even find a screen that like, that just a layout of like, you know, what buttons do what. I think you have to press like the minus button and then press X or something and then there's like a user guide. Mm. I'll give that a try. I know I've seen it like it said it in the beginning of the game, like press the minus button to, you know, check your controls. And then I didn't do that. And then like <laughs> yeah, ten minutes and ten minutes later I'm like, man, I, I should probably look at these controls and then I couldn't get it to pop up. <laughs> so then I spent, you know, a good thirty, forty five minutes just, you know, walking around the forest, the forest village, you know, trying to get everything, you know, yeah, figured out. Rico Village. But yeah, I think this my is... favorite. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, but yeah, this is only the the second Zelda game I've played. The first one, obviously, being Breath of the Wild. But yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Think I might like Zelda. Uh oh, that's bad for the listeners of this podcast. <laughs> I am ready to make this a Zelda podcast. Um, my girlfriend asked to borrow if she could borrow a video game, and she borrowed Breath of the Wild. And I was I was kind of unsure if she would. Uh, take to it just because breath of the wild is kind of like <laughs> it's an open world game obviously but it, i don't want to say it's bare but it feels i don't know i know what you're it makes you say. feel it makes you feel lonesome like exploring the world because yeah. it is kind of just you versus the world <laughs> and uh yeah especially especially those first few hours where, at least for me, it was my experience. I really didn't know what the hell I was supposed to do, where the hell I was supposed to be going. If I was supposed to go talk to someone, it, yeah, it because the first time I tried to play it, it, I lasted about an hour and then I put it down. And it took about three years to give it another shot. <laughs> three years and being quarantined <laughs> to, to give it a shot. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Watching her play the beginning of it, I mean, I haven't played the beginning now in almost six years, so it was strange because I totally forgot some of the opening beats that they hit. The first like few hours are kind of just like a tutorial, mm -hmm. pretty well disguised tutorial on how to do stuff. And uh, yeah, seeing someone play it for the first time and my lack of memory of it was cool because I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, she enjoys it. She is playing it nonstop. So she like she likes it, but we're not here to talk about. Oh, one more thing. I played this game called my mom hid my game because I got it free. I got it free through this like prime gaming deal. Man, <laughs> that game is so great. It's just like a puzzle game where you have to your mom hides your video game system in a room. And you have to find it. <laughs> it's like a, it's basically a flash game. Okay. But all the puzzles are absurd. Like there's one where there's an alligator in the room and then it, it opens his mouth and you see the, uh, 
the video game console in its mouth. You have to like get it from out of its mouth. And then whenever your mom catches you, <laughs> whenever your mom catches you, because sometimes she like is in the room hiding. And <laughs> if you click a certain thing, she'll pop out and look disappointed at you. And whenever that happens, your character goes, Mama! <laughs> I just think it's really funny. So yeah, that was the, that was the first game I beat this year. My my mom hid my game. Nice. So with with Tears of the Kingdom coming out, in you know it it's coming up quick. Yeah. Do do you think you're gonna be able to hit forty again this year? Forty games. Yeah. I don't know because all the specific games that I I want to beat this year are kind of long. So I'm I'm thinking this year is gonna be a year where I, I I devote more time to a, a small select number of video games. Like I said, I'm taking <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd and I'm taking the week off <laughs> when Tears of the Kingdom is released and I'm just gonna hide away and say goodbye to the world. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye world. I'll see you later. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out a new person. <laughs> Yeah, you'll pop back up after that week, <laughs> having beaten the game, and I'll be like, I've played 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty confident I'll enjoy it. <laughs> I was listening to another podcast where they were kind of dissecting some of the trailers. It's funny, I am not a person who like gets into... uh like dissecting and trying to figure out the plots of stuff before they come out. Like, I just don't, I don't, I don't know why I just don't care. Yeah. Like I'm a person who's like, just it's coming. I'll wait until then. And then I'll figure it out as I play the game. I used to be that guy though. I, I used to be that guy that would, if I was excited about something, I would consume every piece of media about it out there. And it, it just, it sets you up to be let down. Honestly, because right. because you walk in with you know with your preconceived notions and your ideas, and then you know when you don't get that, you're disappointed. And I think the thing that kind of broke me out of that was was it the Last Jedi? Yeah, it was the Last Jedi. At the yeah, cause that's the one we went and seen together, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I walked into that movie just hyped as can be. Yeah, I think there's a difference between being excited about something and kind of trying to dissect and figure out figure out the plot of media before you get into it. And like you said, it does raise your expectations and gives you sort of false expectations. Yeah. Um I just think it's better to go in excited but not set in what you think is going to happen. Yeah. If cuz then you know, you can be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. You're not disappointed that you don't get the thing you want. If I can help it, I just try to go into everything blind. Yep. Like, if something catches my interest, like Tears of the Kingdom, for example, I've, I haven't watched any... Well, no, I did watch the one trailer you sent me very early on, but aside from watching that initial trailer, I've just, like, been oblivious to all the news or speculation or anything about the game. To be fair, only, like, three minutes total of <laughs> footage have been has been showed yeah. so like <laughs> maybe that's not the best example i got another example would probably be uh halloween ends went into that oh, right. went into that completely blind still didn't really end up enjoying it <laughs> the first time around 
but I came around right. and ended up. It was liking. one of your best movies of the year, though. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it took a few rewatches, but it landed. <laughs> I uh, I have not watched any of the trailers of the Last of Us Me HBO Max series. Me neither. And uh, I'm kind of keeping it that way because I will, if I watch those trailers, I will set myself up yeah. for disappointment. It, <laughs> so. Are they are they dropping that episodically? I have no idea. It's coming out soon, though. Yeah. I did happen to see an ad for it recently and, like, quickly saw something. It was uh, them hiding from a clicker, mm-hmm. and it was it, it was the, the sound, and I was like, mm. Yeah, they... I really hope that lands. I, I, did, I did look at the cast that they have. Um, the cast, I think they did a good job with the cast. I know what's his face is Joel uh Pedro Pedro Pascal uh, is his yeah. Thing. yeah. So maybe uh we'll watch that this year together and talk about it. Or maybe we won't because we won't like it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It it depends. If the if they drop it episodically, there's a higher chance that I'll watch it. Really? <laughs> yeah, if they drop it all at once, it's I don't know. There's a lot of series I gotta catch up on. I get that. That that's that's kinda like um that that's my side mission for the year. <laughs> if my main quest for the year is to play video more video games, my side mission is to to catch up on some of the series that I've missed over the past few years. I think the next one I might jump into is Andor. Okay, I've heard good things. I have absolutely no idea what the, <laughs> what that show's about, what time period in the Star Wars universe it's set in. But I'm pretty set. I'm not going to say I'll never watch a Star Wars show or, you know, piece of media or whatever, but I'm pretty set with what I've seen so far. Like, I watched, we watched Obi-Wan, obviously, and I enjoyed that. If that's the last thing I watch of Star Wars... You'll die a happy man. I'll be happy. Which is good, because my my Star Wars fandom was ruined by uh, the backlash from Last Jedi and also Rise of Skywalker. That movie was terrible. But anyway, we are not here to talk about Star Wars or The Last of Us or Degrassi or any of that. We're here because I played a little game that I said I was going to play. <laughs> a little. <laughs> a little game. And uh... <laughs> you did it. And I did. I did it. <laughs> I fucking did it. So this this was your 40th game of the last year, right? It technically was 41 uh, because I did play. Um, I forgot that I played a WarioWare game. Mm. Uh, WarioWare, get it together. But I did. It was my 30th beaten game of last year. So nice. So what is it? What are we talking about? Today we're talking about a little game called Bowser's Fury. Which was bundled with Super Mario 3D World. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bought this the day it came out and played through Super Mario 3D World all the way. And then (laughs) was like, I need a break. And took a step back and Travis for for years. Well, really like one year. Yeah, no, it it was more like 10 months. I think I picked up. I think I bought this game around February ish of last year. Oh, okay. played 
played 3D World, and then immediately played Bowser's Fury after. So yeah, about about 10 months. And Travis just kept saying, you gotta play it. I'm like, alright. And I do have a history of uh, making Travis wait on... <laughs> everything. On, on everything. <laughs> I have a history of making everybody wait on everything, honestly. That, but that, That's okay. I can work on my patience. <laughs> Hey, at least it didn't take five years. Um, <laughs> or four. E- How long was Rogue One? Was it four years? I don't know, man. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about. <laughs> we don't talk about Rogue One. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I finally played it. I was waiting specifically to play it on like my TV, um, because I played it in handheld for like ten minutes and was like, "Man, this game looks great." I want to play this on my TV. See how it looks. And so I did it. I did it. All right. So did you like it? I got two words for Bowser's Fury. You loved it, right? You loved it. How how much did you love it? It sucked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, this, there's this documentary called Heroes of Burt County wrestling i think and uh it's about this backyard wrestling company in like north carolina and there's the ending of the documentary is there's like this like super hick guy named hammer (laughs) and and they ask him what he he thought of the match that just happened and he's like it sucked (laughs) (laughs) and i always loved I always thought that was a really great ending. Um, but anyway, no, it didn't suck. It was great. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, but... <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into that, I'm just going to throw out some facts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a fact bomb on your motherfucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> a fact bomb bomb? <laughs> I'm going to pick the world up and drop it on your fucking head. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, Bowser's Fury, well, 3D World is a port of a Wii U video game Mm -hmm. uh, that came out on November 22nd, 2013, which I actually got when it launched and enjoyed it very much. Bowser's Fury came out on February 12th, 2021. So, a little over seven years later, uh, which is wild, but based on some research I did, uh, it seems like... 9.43 9.43 million units of 3D World plus Bowser's Fury were sold for Nintendo Switch. And then you combine that with the Wii, the original release on the Wii U, which was like uh, 5.88 million units. So 3D World plus Bowser's Fury has sold a total of 15.31 million units to date, which is pretty good. It was announced on a September Nintendo Direct that was the Mario 35th Anniversary Direct. And it was just a bunch of announcements, uh, obviously pertaining to Mario games. I don't really remember. I I definitely watched this Nintendo Direct. I was going to say, I don't, isn't, it's the same Direct that they announced the 3D All-Stars, right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't remember the, the trailer for it, um, but it was kind of like just a short mm-hmm. trailer. So, all right. Um, obviously, you like this game a lot. Yeah, it was my favorite game last year. That's true. And I played it again 
before this episode, and it's my favorite game of this year so far. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I didn't beat it again. I think I got up to like 30 cat shines. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just played it enough to kind of, so it was fresh in my mind again. Yeah. I initially was like, all right, I'm going to go in, you know, maybe get like 10 cat shines, just, you know, explore. <laughs> And I it, I just got sucked right back into it. It is really easy to just get right back into that. I, I love this game a lot. It is the only Mario game that I've ever 100% completed. Yeah, with 100 shines. Yep. Cat shines. Yep, so I think that makes it a little bit more special to me. Oh, Because <laughs> I yeah. notoriously can't finish, can't 100% <laughs> Mario games. Specifically, the 3D ones. Uh, you know, one day I'll finish uh, 64 and Sunshine. One of these days. This this, this game, it, to me, it kind of feels like it's the perfect mix between Sunshine and 3D World. Yeah, the game takes a lot of inspiration from, like, Mario's history. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's fitting that it was announced during a 35th anniversary direct of Mario. Because this game kind of encapsulates, encapsulates? How do you pronounce that word? Why can't I say it? Encapsulates. I'm going to look it up. Encapsulates. I feel like I'm still saying it wrong, but... Sounds right to me. No, I am saying it right. Okay. Kind of encapsulates... I said it wrong immediately. <laughs> I was just getting ready I psyched to psych myself out. I was just getting ready to say Justin one English grammar zero. <laughs> what is English? <clears throat> yeah, it kind of, you know, encapsulates everything about Mario for the last thirty five years. You got your influences from Sunshine, obviously, from Bowser Jr. and the paintbrush, uh the goop that covers Lake Lapcat, and uh, then obviously the engine pulled f- straight from 3D World. The kind of open exploration of Mario Odyssey. The base controls, which were established in Mario 64. Um, yeah, th- yeah, well, yeah. Well, the controls for this game are more so the, the, the 3D yeah. World controls. It definitely is the 3D World engine. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love the the look of the world in Bowser's Fury. It's just really vivid, colorful, just very charming. Um, I love that the enemies just kind of are on different sections of the map and just kind of like live <laughs> there and then you go visit them and they're like, oh shit, it's Mario. <laughs> yeah, and every em- enemy is in, in cat form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just adorable. <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's five. There's well, there's technically six power ups you can get. Um, you got the cat suit, obviously. You got the Tanuki suit, uh, Super Mushroom, uh, Fire Flower, the Koopa Boomerang, and then you got the Bell, uh, which isn't really a power up, but it just it's just kind of a layer of your power, your existing power up, and that just allows you to turn into a, a statue that gets coins. I don't know if this is consistent. Like with everyone else's playthrough, but there was never a point where I didn't have just an absurd amount of power ups banked. Yeah, at all times. I think towards the end I started to lose them, um, because 
Because I'm a goof, and I didn't realize that with Plessy, you could dive under the water. Really? While you're you're swimming through the lake. So I just kept getting attacked by... um, by Fury's, Fury Bowser and losing my power-ups and being like, what the heck? <laughs> then I watched a, a video after I beat it, after I beat it and saw that someone was at the final boss and, like, dunked on, like, dipped into the water, and I was like, what? And then played it again and did it, and was like, unreal. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess th- that's my fault because I didn't really explore with the controls, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that either. Would have made that final boss fight a lot easier. <laughs> it was cool though because it made it challenging. I was like, "Man, this is tough." But yeah, you know, yeah, that last that last one was tough. Yeah, this game is just really beautiful. I will say that uh, it does have performance issues um, here and there. Yeah, this game is weird because usually Nintendo with their first party titles, especially um, and especially like your Mario's and your Zeldas. There, there's a feeling of polish in those games that is kind of, you know, second to none. Like, you you don't see bugs in their first-party titles that kind of break the game. I mean, Breath of the Wild kind of has some of those, but also, like, also doesn't. <laughs> I just feel like that's a skill thing. Um, but I, I think usually they, they're really good about polish in their video games. This one feels almost incomplete but not in a bad way it just feels like a tech demo to something bigger yeah um, and i think it gets a pass on not being as polished because i mean this is it's not a 60 dollar game this is you know an added bonus to 3d world true yeah it's funny because 3d world feels incredibly polished and yeah uh you know just a joy to play through so what what performance issues were you experiencing just like lag. Yeah. Yeah. The performance wasn't like consistent 100% of the time, but it, it didn't impact my view of the game or my time spent with it. Yeah. The only things I noticed was when when Fury Bowser would appear, the frames would drop at times. Yeah. But aside from that, I can't remember or I can't recall anything else. Yeah. It was just kind of... Uh, frame rate was dipping a little bit, but nothing I couldn't look past. <laughs> What's funny is with this playthrough, instead of like, I think you need 15 cat shines to unlock the bell the first time. Yeah. To to fight Bowser. The second time is 20, 25. Anyway, I, I got 15 and I didn't fight Bowser. I got 20 <laughs> and I didn't going. fight. <laughs> and then and then I got to 30 and then I just beat his ass three times in a row. <laughs> Cuz at that point he just kept, you know, it was like every 2 minutes he would come back. There was one point where cuz I was just kind of collecting. I wasn't really inter- like you, I wasn't really interested in fighting him and I was just kind of going around collecting all the shines I could. There was one point where <laughs> I collected a shine and ba- Fury Bowser was, you know, on the on the prowl and uh the game literally said your cat shine has no effect on <laughs> Bowser's fury. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like damn, dude, I got it. <laughs> and he was there for like 5 minutes straight because it took me that long to get to the certain uh 
cat shine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, he's not disappearing. And then and then that happened. It's like your cat shine has no effect on him. Like, damn it. So I had to go and get the bell real quick. <laughs> man, the first time you see Fury like Fury Bowser is genuinely terrifying, I think. <laughs> it's all dark and stormy, and then you just kind of see him in the distance. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. And even whenever the music changes and he pops up, I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Uh, it kind of adds this weird tension to the Mario series that I don't think has ever been there. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. Like, I liked it. Obviously, think- oh, uh, I was just going to say, obviously the comparison point of open world games is always going to come back to Breath of the Wild, but it did remind me of, like, the Blood Moon in Breath of the Wild, so. Yeah, Fairy Bowser's great, but fighting him in the the Gigabell suit leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. The first, yeah. few, the first few times you fight him, it he's really easy to beat, and then the difficulty spikes at the end. That's really my only complaint with the game is, like I said, with this most most recent playthrough, I was just kind of like avoid fighting him because I was just having so much fun doing all the other stuff that it almost became a chore to fight him. Oh, yeah. I can see that. It's not bad. It was just, I don't know. It was too easy. And then also the other thing, and and this is a completely, like, my fault thing and how I decide to play the game. But I like, you know, when I get to an island, I want to get all the cat shines in, in right. that area. But each island or world or whatever you want to call it, there's a specific one um, where, you know, Fury Bowser has to be present to destroy the uh, Fury Blocks to get that yeah. cat shine. So so there were moments when I was playing the game where I would have the the four other cat shines. It's like, all right, all I need is for him to destroy these Fury Blocks, but I got to sit here and wait for about five minutes for him to pop up. And unfortunately for me, I'd sit there and wait. <laughs> instead of going and doing something else it's funny because i i did that for the first few times and then eventually i was like i'll just go to the next island but it always became a race against time once he popped up i'm like i gotta get back to those fury blocks and it kind of made the it made the experience a little more enjoyable because it was it did add more tension to like i gotta avoid fury bowser get back to this island Stand in this specific spot and wait for him to attack and then get out of the way real quick. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I guess while we're talking about uh, the Fury Bowser fights, I mean, they weren't like incredibly difficult, but I think my problem with them is not only performance, but the camera just <laughs> does not move fast enough when you're in the uh, the Gigabell state. So yeah. there would be times where Bowser would zoom past me and I would go to, like, look the other way and have to wait for the camera and then get attacked by him. This camera better hurry up. I ain't trying to lose. Did Did you ever lose to Fury Bowser? Not not in this playthrough. I think in when I initially played it, I did lose the first time because I was just kind of like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I think it was more so, like, I would hit Bowser and he would he would kind of like fly farther than I could get to like I couldn't get to him fast enough to attack him yeah so it just kind of became a became a thing where he would get these easy hits on me because of the camera and then 
I couldn't actually attack him because he was too far away. And then eventually it just caught up with me. And he killed me. He killed Mario. I think another thing about Bowser's Fury is while I understand why they ripped the engine from 3D World, like considering that it was released with 3D World and, you know, that was easy. Well, easier than creating a whole new thing. I wonder if the game would benefit from having, like, the Super Mario Odyssey controls, like, engine. Because it is, like, an open-ish world Mario game. And I just feel like the controls in Odyssey are a little more freeing. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that would have made the experience a little better. Because I did feel kind of limited by the control scheme, or the move set, I guess, because it, it didn't have some of the typical Mario moves. I wonder if early on, if this was intended to be Odyssey DLC, yeah, but they decided to add it to 3D World so you know they can kind of justify the, the $60 price tag, even though, I mean... Nintendo doesn't drop the prices on their games ever. Yeah, it's it's kind of a I don't I don't want to say blessing, but it is kind of telling of Nintendo and maybe their changes in corporate mentality for them to even consider adding stuff to <laughs> 3D World in a re-release. Like it, it kind of in past would be like. Yeah, just give them a port. No changes. We're yeah. good. <clears throat> yeah, I do wonder if maybe the control and engine, the control scheme and engine of a Super Mario Odyssey would have made the experience a little, you know, would have fit the experience better and also made it a little, you know, would have added to the sense of openness. But, I mean, I obviously I still loved it. I just wonder. I just wonder. So... In our last episode, I mentioned that I think that Bowser's Fury should kind of be like the framework for what 3D Mario should be moving forward. Now that you've played it, would you agree with that? I agree with that in a sense. I think it is a good uh, a good path for the Mario franchise to take. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of an old head and I'm like, <laughs> I like the old Marios. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with them being the way they are. Um, but I also do uh, understand that, and I guess this is true with the series, it's never exactly the same um, from game to game. There's always slight changes that make them feel different from one another. And I think that benefits the series because you can go back and play a Super Mario Sunshine and it's not exactly the same as a Super Mario Galaxy or a 3D World or an Odyssey. I mean, obviously there's the basis of 3D Mario, but there's just enough changes to where it does feel different enough to go back. I do think this is a good direction to go in if you're going to make another Mar. Well, when they make another Mario adventure, uh, it would be cool to expand on this idea of more open, you know, world where you're not popping in and out and, you know, using a map to go from stage to stage. You kind of just ride Plessy into another section of the map. Yeah, I I like the idea of having just, you know, the fully integrated world. It it does concern me that it could lead the Mario the 3D Mario franchise in 
to just becoming, you know, like every other open world game. Because, I mean, how how many moons are in Odyssey, right? Like 800 plus? Yeah. And, and you can argue that a lot of those are filler. That was actually one of the reasons why I enjoyed this game a lot was because it didn't every, feel... Yeah, it didn't feel like there was filler. Every cat shine was earned and rewarding. It felt rewarding to get them. Yeah. Whereas Odyssey, there's ones where you're walking by and a moon pops out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and I think moving moving 3D Mario into this, you know, a fully integrated open world, there's a lot of opportunity to put more filler stars, moons, whatever it's going to be for the next game. That's true. You can put more in there. and. You know, I I like to try to to one hundred percent. You know, the three D Mario games. They're the only games that I actually ever like. I try to do it. Yeah, and just because it seems more more plausible to do, I guess. Yeah, I just I don't want you know the next Mario game to have like two thousand moons. Yeah, I they're think. usually good about the number of collectibles in their games um even though they were they were the (laughs) nintendo was the reason that kind of happened anyway in video games where uh, you just ended up collecting a bunch of stuff and then you get your uh your rare 3d platformers where you're collecting like 1800 collectibles to like 1800 to 5000 collectibles which is just overkill um Mario's been a franchise that has kind of kept that in check for the most part. Odyssey was the first one to have that many collectibles. Yeah, that's true. And I think it does it is telling that some of a lot of those were filler <laughs> because they were just I imagine the team was like, I don't know, put it here. <laughs> yeah, let's put this uh stupid fucking jump roping thing in the middle of fucking <laughs> It's What's impossible rope, to man? do. What's wrong with jump rope? Fuck that jump rope, bitch. It's impossible. <laughs> I Did see people be... Oh, I, I see people online that have like an absurd amount of jumps. It's just like I don't have the time or patience for this. <laughs> or the and finger I actually dexterity. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> My fingers cannot move that fast for that <laughs> for that period of time. <laughs> I got about 30 seconds in me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. This game just, to me, it just feels like it's a spiritual successor to Sunshine, the way Odyssey felt like a spiritual successor to 64. Yeah, I can see that. Because, I mean, you know, when when you're in Delfino Plaza, you can, I know there's one world for sure you can see while you're in Delfino Plaza. I don't know I don't remember if there if you can see all of them or if there's others, but I know there's one for sure you can see. But you know, now fast forward to Bowser's Fury, you can see the other world and you can actually go to them. Right. Yeah, it is an interesting evolution of Mario. I definitely am interested in what comes next because I do think this is a solid basis on the future. I don't know if it's gonna fully replace you know, the standard, there's a map, you go from stage to stage, God of Mario. And I'm not, I don't know if I necessarily want that to change. Um, 
or be, you know, erased entirely. But yeah, I do think this is a blueprint for the future. For some future title, I think they could definitely expand on and make this more polished and hopefully not have filler stars. Yeah, I think if one of the things I'm I'm concerned about is if if they continue to go with this this model or this framework and put Mario in this in this fully integrated 3D space. I mean, they're not going to do like the water every time. So, yeah. so how how does Mario navigate an open space other than just, you know, walking or running? You got to there's got to be some sort of, you know, fast travel system too. Yeah. I don't know. It, um, I, I imagine there's probably easy solutions to that. Like, yeah, you could add Yoshi. Um, they had like that little scooter in New Donk City and Super Mario Odyssey. You could have that Mario riding a little scooter around to get from place to place. Um, I, I like the Yoshi idea. I'm always down for more Yoshi. They have those, uh, what are those things called? The cloud, the the enemies that like sit in the clouds and drop uh, enemies on you. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting idea to have that in an open world and you can just use it to ride to <laughs> wherever you want it until you got attacked. I think also I would just like to see moving forward more of these just smaller Mario experiences in a 3D yeah. space with, you know, 100, 150 cat shines, moons, whatever. I don't think every... I, I think one of the things that Bowser's Fury proved is that you don't need, you know, you don't need the Odyssey number of moons to have a quality 3D Mario experience Yeah, in this, I agree in with this that. day and age. Yeah, and it definitely would help uh, with sales to release a small, smaller adventures for Mario every, you know, two years, three years, as opposed to waiting, another, you know, five years, six years between titles. Right. I Like I said, I definitely think it's a good blueprint for a future title. I don't know if it erases, I don't know if this would be the standard for Mario games moving forward, but then again, I don't know. Maybe it is. I mean, they can always do both. I mean, we can we can get Odyssey too, and then we can get you know a sequel to Bowser's Fury that's maybe a little bit bigger, but it's not it's not marketed or pushed as like Mario's next big 3D adventure. It's you know it 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 can almost become you know a a different subgenre for Mario. Right. You know. Which honestly, yeah. that that might be the best way to go because then you know everyone can be happy. You know, you you if you want to play the big you know Odyssey and and have the the million moons to go after, <laughs> <laughs> you know, knock yourself out. <laughs> or if you want to play this you know this smaller experience with maybe two hundred you know moon stars, whatever it's going to be, then there's that too. It's interesting that they haven't released. A 2D Mario game. Honestly, that's what I'm waiting on. Like, the last one was technically Super Mario Maker 2, because it had the single-player progression uh, mode, along with, you know, create levels, and you could play levels online, but there hasn't been, like, a standalone 2D Mario game since 
new Super Mario Brothers U, and even though they ported that to Switch, I wonder if they're working on that. I I I don't know. I'm curious about what kind of future titles they have cooking over at Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, we're just gonna keep getting more courses for Mario Kart 8 and just more Mario Maker. <laughs> and that'll be it. <laughs> I mean, I the based on the levels I've played of the the Mario Kart 8 booster pass, they could just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Mario Kart 8. <laughs> it almost seems like they're at a point now where <laughs> they're like Mario Kart 8 is the standard for Mario Kart. And it, there almost seems to be a nervousness of moving forward. <laughs> like They're just kind of like, I don't know if we want to do this yet. <laughs> it, it's just wild because that was a Wii U game. Yeah, I got that when it first came out. I remember the exact day I got it too, which I, I don't know if I've described on this podcast or not. But. I, I, I remember being very close to picking up a Wii U just for Mario Kart 8. Yeah, which would have been totally understandable. It's story time, y'all. I'm going to tell you how I got Mario Kart 8. So they were running this promotion uh, when the Wii U was out because it wasn't doing very well, obviously. If you bought Mario Kart 8, you could register it online and get a free Wii U game of your choice. It was like between four games, like Splatoon, I think, uh, Mario... New Super Mario Brothers, some other game, I think Pikmin, and then Wind Waker HD. And I was like, I'm going to get that Wind Waker HD. So I, <laughs> I had a friend, Holly. Shout out to Holly, who worked at Kmart when it still existed. And I asked, she was at work, and I asked her if they had any copies. Because she worked in the uh, the electronics department. Mm-hmm. It's like, do y'all got any copies of Super Mar- or uh, Mario Kart 8? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm coming. So I, I started driving. And then <laughs> as I was driving, the biggest downpour of rain that I've ever experienced in my life dropped. It was, <laughs> there was so much rain I couldn't see. I, I could barely see maybe like five inches in front of my car. And I'm just driving 10 miles an hour <laughs> down a street, not being able to see where I'm going. Just kind of like. Well, I hope I don't hit anybody <laughs> trying to get this dumb <laughs> Wii U game. <laughs> and then I got to Kmart and everything cleared immediately. The sun came out and uh, a rainbow formed in the clouds. Everything was all right with the world. <laughs> Bought the game, got Wind Waker HD. Nice. And yeah, I love Mario Kart 8. Um, it's, it's the best Mario Kart hands down yeah i i bought my switch in 2020 like beginning of the pandemic and you couldn't find a copy of mario kart 8 anywhere and i at that point i I was not buying any digital games and i didn't have an sd card for the switch either which i mean oh yeah but and you had the light so how many gigs is standard on that? There was Is a tw- there was a twenty five, I think. Okay, which I think would have been enough to download it. But anyway, I don't know. At, at that time, I I wasn't into to purchasing digital games, which I've kind of softened on that now. Um, 
But yeah, you, yeah, I would rather have physical, but I'm I'm kind of have to have digital. I'm just like whatever. I, I'm kind of leaning the complete opposite. I don't think I want any more physical games. <laughs> you moved, and you're like, I got too much yeah, shit. Too much shit to move, man. <laughs> Especially since I, you know, I I want to get more into into retro gaming and stuff and obviously that stuff you have to get physical games for yeah you have to yeah you you definitely can't play you know you can't download them online unless you own them but yeah i think for mario kart 8 a friend in michigan actually got me a copy and sent it to me and that <laughs> Cause I couldn't, I love that. couldn't find them out here. They were, <laughs> they were nowhere to be found. I think I was actually lucky to get a copy of Odyssey when I got my Switch. I think oh, I got, nice. I think I got the last copy at the store, and I had to drive to a Target like forty minutes away <laughs> to even find a Switch. That stuff, That's so... that stuff was hard to find then. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about how you couldn't find a Switch during early pandemic, and if you if you found one online, it was like twice the price. It was supposed to be. I walked into Target a few weeks ago, and they had a PS5 and an Xbox Series X in stock. Damn. I still haven't seen a PS5 in store, like, in person. I've seen one in person because my brother owns one, but I did see an Xbox Series X and was kind of floored that I even saw it. Just, it was very surprising. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been feeling that pull. That that urge to to maybe finally to, what? to finally make the jump to the to the current generation. Yeah, what are you leaning towards? Honestly, as much as I love PlayStation, I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards Xbox just for Game Pass. I'm telling you, bro, just get it on your phone. I will, but you know, I want to. I could play it on my phone and play it on the TV. Yeah, that's you know? true. And honestly, if I do get an Xbox, it'll probably be the Series S. Yeah. I, I I don't think I need the X. Yeah, I've almost pulled the trigger on an X a few times. Well, not a few. Maybe like once. Like legitimately was it, it was in a cart, like on the Best Buy app. And I was like, should I do it? Should I do it? And then I, I said, no. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean. I can't say for certain, but I don't know if I'm going to make the jump to PlayStation 5. I barely played anything on PlayStation 4. I played Uncharted 4. I bought it for Uncharted 4. Um, I haven't even played Last of Us Part 2, which is one of the games that I uh, have on my specific games to play slash beat list this year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make the jump. I am uh, debating on buying a Steam Deck. We'll see if that happens. I think for that, I I, I want to wait until the second generation of the Steam Deck, and then and then maybe maybe I've been seeing maybe I've been seeing a lot of listings for Steam Decks on Facebook Marketplace near me, so hmm. that's kind of that's kind of concerning. I think. <laughs> yeah, because last I heard, they were. I mean, I don't know. I I don't really keep up to date that well, but. Last I heard, there were people still waiting on their pre-orders to get delivered. Yeah, they started flushing those out really quickly. Um, oh, okay. Like a few months ago. And then, yeah, because this podcast I listened to, they got Steam Decks. And they've been they've been raving about it for a few months, so. 
I was kind of iffy about it, but the more I think about it, I don't have the money or the knowledge really to, I mean, I could learn, I guess, but to build a PC and also keep customizing a gaming PC to keep up with the standard. So Steam Deck just seems like the optimal way to have something I could, you know, play my Steam library on, play big titles. Obviously, they're not going to run as well, but for the most part, I'm I'm not too concerned about that. And also, I can play it on my TV, so. Yeah, the the idea of building a gaming PC has always been intriguing, but... Uh, I think I'm just at a point in my life right now. Where just give me plug and play. I just want to plug it in, boot it up, and play. You know, I don't care if it looks better, performs better. You know, on another system, I don't care. Yeah, right now I'm at the point in my life where I just want to play stuff mobile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely like, playing video games as it is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to go build a game PC so we can sit there and collect dust. Yeah. That's how I feel, too. I rarely play games on my television. Like, it was <laughs> it was a shock that I played Bowser's Fury on my television. That's <laughs> And that's, like, a, f- a three to, f- you know, six-hour game, depending on how long you take. So, the idea of playing a 40-plus-hour game on my television does not sound appealing to, yeah. <laughs> to me. If I built a gaming PC, that thing would be used to edit these episodes. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> right. The funny thing is I do have a PC, but I just have not. I don't have a monitor. Um, Maybe this year I'll actually buy a monitor and hook that up and start using that. But yeah, maybe I'll become a deckhead. Uh, That's the, that's the term people have <laughs> come up with for it. <laughs> people who have steam decks which i really like <laughs> that's a awesome. deckhead listen here you little deckhead um, <laughs> yeah so maybe i'll get a steam deck this year and bring it to the show and tell you about how it changed my life um i can't even imagine me saying that the steam deck changed my life but maybe it will but anyway bowser's fury is good and the future of Mario is exciting because I don't know where it's going <laughs> or what or what the heck they're doing. All right. So how many cat shines you giving it? Ooh, that was good. Since there's a hundred cat shines in Bowser's Fury, I'll go out of a hundred. I'm gonna give it about. Eighty-eight. Can't shine out of a hundred. Okay, it's a bit of an odd number. It does feel odd. I don't like it. All right, I'm gonna go. Down. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ninety. Ninety shine. Or, no, ninety feels like too much. I'm gonna go eighty-five. Can't shine okay. out of a hundred. It was good, but it felt like a taste of something bigger. Didn't feel. It didn't feel like the full experience I expect from Mario. But like I said, that's not a bad thing. I just, uh, it just makes me want to play whatever's next. All right. What, what about you? What do you give it? Uh. I give it, I give it about five cash shines. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, 90. 
Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I was between I'm, 85 and 90. I'm like, yeah. We yeah, could probably change 90. at any point. So. Yeah. I think the only thing is, like I said earlier, the, the, the boss fights with Bow with Fury Bowser leave a little bit to be desired. Yeah. I almost kind of took me out of, you know, the fun I was having a few times, but, um, and, and you know, the minor performance issues here and there, but, uh, I I I love I love the size of of the game, even though it's short. As long as I'm not paying sixty dollars for just that, <laughs> I'm cool with it. Can you buy Bowser's Fury without buying 3D World? Like, can I don't, you buy it from the, the Nintendo eShop? I don't think so. That's interesting. I feel like I mean I get it because they want to sell the port, but it is odd that they aren't just like, hey, you already played this. I guess they're like nobody played the Wii U. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would think after two years, like, okay, you know, the people who are gonna repurchase 3D World have repurchased 3D World. Let's go ahead and split yeah. this up. Nintendo ain't doing that though, man. They want, they want to keep that sixty dollar price tag for as long as they can. For real, I can't believe we still haven't gotten discounted prices on popular titles like a Player's Choice or Nintendo Selects or something like that. Consoles, it'll be six years in March. Yeah, no, it's still selling like hotcakes, so. Yeah, when when you when you're actually financially s- successful with something, it uh, it doesn't seem like a good idea to drop prices. Yeah, but you know, I love Nintendo, regardless of some of the odd decisions that they make. Uh, this was not an odd decision. I mean, I guess it was, but it was a good odd decision to add Bowser's Fury to 3D World. And I enjoyed it. It was great. Excited for what the future brings. And uh, that's that. That's it, folks. Yeah. Oh, before we get out of here. You know, recording this on January 9th. And, you know, we we, we, uh, we talked about it a few episodes ago. The Lions all, you know, might make the playoffs. And we didn't. But, uh, but last night... We did beat the Packers and knock them out of the playoffs. Yeah, I was I was kind of half paying attention to that. Um, I, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I watched that whole game on the edge of my seat. <laughs> it, it was fun to watch as uh, a pretty diehard Lions fan. I didn't realize that they had beaten them. Uh, they've beaten them three times since Dan Campbell's been coach. Yeah, no, we at beat, least I read that somewhere. Yeah, we, we beat them. We beat them both times this year. I don't think we beat them last year. We only won three Wild. games last year. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 big turnaround from three thirteen and one to nine and eight. And also, you know, just this is not a sports podcast, but you know, whatever. Hey, we always say you can be nerdy about anything. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you know sports are generally not considered nerdy, but I think there is a level of nerddom to sports. Like oh, for sure. So, like we say. You a nerd? Be a nerd. Oh, oh, you a be a nerd. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was just it was fun to watch because you know notoriously those are games that we lose. Yeah. And going into the game, we had literally nothing to play for. We the Seahawks had won earlier in the day. There was no chance of us making the playoffs. The only thing we could do is stop the Packers from going to the playoffs and. 
you know, Which credit seem, to, uh, honestly seemed like motivation enough. <laughs> yeah, and, and credit to those guys. They, they they went out there and they played like they had everything on the line. Man, did you see that fucking uh, that play with uh, I don't know, I don't know any football players, but there's a play where uh, some Packers dude like forearm the fuck out of uh, some guy, and then a medical staff came and the, the Quay Walker, I think his name is, yeah. just pushed him down. Listen, I watched every play of that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I shouldn't ask you if you watched it because you did. Yeah, that that was fu- <laughs> what's funny is at that point I was watching the game on mute because I was um, trying to get Leia down to bed. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> watching. I'm like, what? What, the what is this guy doing, man? What the fuck? <laughs> to be fair, you know, the Lions' uh, medical guy, he did kind of like. I mean, he didn't really push him out of the way, but um, I don't know. I think uh, I think it came out that I, I forget his name now, but the the Packers player is actually really good friends with the Lions uh, with DeAndre Swift. Who? Oh yeah, because they went to college the together, one. right? I think so. Yeah. So you know, he was just you know trying to check on his bud, but you got to get out of the way and let uh, you know the lions, uh, lions, uh, medical staff yeah, the do their job. Staff. Yeah. Especially after that whole thing with uh, that De- one guy, Demar Hamlin. Yeah. Yeah. It. That was another thing. Um, <laughs> the Bills. Very first play of the game, kickoff return for a touchdown. And it had been three years and three months since the last time the Bills had a kickoff return touchdown. And, you know, DeMar Hamlin's number is three, so that was pretty cool. Wow, that is interesting. That makes me think the NFL is fixed, though. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Nah, I don't think so, man. Stuff like that is things oddities that happen in sports like that that i catch i'm kind of always like hmm oh yeah that happened huh <laughs> or did you rig it <laughs> you a fool man what? excuse me <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so that's it folks mario 3d world it's good go play it it Bowser's is Fury. good <laughs> it is good <laughs> They are good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you uh, for making it to the end of this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, if you haven't played Bowser's Fury yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Waiting for that price. If you're waiting for that price to drop. It, it's not coming. Just go buy it. it it's it's okay. not coming. Uh, If you haven't bought a Switch yet and you're waiting for the Switch Pro, it, it's probably not coming. So <laughs> just go on and get a Switch. Yeah, don't get me started on that. We'll be talking for another 30 minutes about <laughs> <laughs> You can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can find us at Nerds Collide Pod. You can, uh, tell us what you think of Bowser's Fury. Do you think that it should be the future of the 3D Mario series? Or do you think that we they should just you know double down on Odyssey and put 2 billion moons in the next game? Let me know. Let's, let's fight about it on Twitter. Let's get let's get let's get some Twitter fingers going. Let's fight about it. <laughs> Twitter fingers. Yeah. But just remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone. To so find your passion, embrace it, and be the nerd that you are.